Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Brunch with Brent. Uh, I'm joined today by Rocco. How are you doing, Rocco? I am doing excellent. Brent, how are you? I'm actually doing really well. I, I think you can tell I'm very excited to be chatting with you. I wanted to uh, mention that you are involved in a whole bunch of really cool stuff, but you're going to supplement what I what I have to say. So where I know you the most uh, is from Linux Spotlight, uh, where you interview a whole bunch of great people uh, in our Linux community. Um, and some know you as part of the Big Daddy Linux uh, network as well. I mean, those two are pretty deep rabbit holes of of great community stuff, right? We have a uh, a really good community with uh, the Big Daddy Links live show, and um, it's something that you can't get anywhere else. Where you can get a bunch of people together that talk about the same stuff that you talk about every day. So, for those who have never experienced it, can you give us a little run through of of what happens every week and who joins and this kind of thing? Well, every Saturday at eight p.m. Eastern, um, we do a live stream on YouTube and Twitch where we just open up a Zoom room, and anybody and everybody can join this room. And the first hour, we talk about a distro challenge that we've been doing for. Sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's two weeks. And then the second hour is open to pretty much any other Linux topic that you can think of. And we get into so much stuff. It, I mean, we can go really deep into technical stuff and then just into superficial stuff. We have users that are very technical, some developers, um, and there's a lot of names that people would know. And then there's a lot of people from just normal everyday users from the community that join and it's such a mishmash of people and it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's all this like synergy that happens between those groups of people, right? When you, when you have someone from a whole bunch of different backgrounds, uh, you never really know the conversations that you'll get into, right? You don't know the conversations and, and to be honest with you, you don't know the people until you learn about them more from like the Linux spotlight there have been people in, and I'll just highlight uh, Barbara. She is a Biddle community member. She has been on Biddle for, I don't know, over a year or so. And you get to talk to her. I mean, she, she'll say things, she'll interject. And yet it wasn't until Linux Spotlight, her episode, that you get to meet her, learn about her history, learn about all the things that she's done. And she's an amazing person. And you don't get that in the couple minutes of Biddle. So it's kind of like goes hand in hand. It's awesome. It's almost like on Biddle, you get a tiny taste of the person. And then Linux Spotlight is a beautiful place where you can just do deep dives on one person specifically, right? It's not perfected. Um, you know, Biddle itself is not perfected because you're in a group of people and the setting is basically like if you went to a Linux user group or you went to a, I don't know, a pub somewhere and you were all sitting around talking about Linux. So there are times where people get interrupted or whatever, because you're in such a big conversation with, uh, we get up to 30 people sometimes in the same room <laughs> Yeah, to moderate, right? Yeah. That's hard to moderate. It's hard for people to listen to sometimes because along with, uh, that whole idea of having 30 people, there are connection issues. Sometimes, uh, people will have a slower connection. So they, they will hear a delay. So they'll start talking when other people talk. So that's uh, challenging, but it's so much fun. And I think you should do it, Brent. 
<laughs> As you know, I haven't experienced it yet, mostly because I would say I tend towards being quite introverted, uh, maybe to some people's surprise. And so that I'm, I'm definitely going to come and join, but it's like, okay, I, I need to like sort of from the outside, just kind of watch a little bit for a while and, and see like how it all works. And then I'm going to jump right in. So uh, I accept your challenge completely. I would have to call you on that being introverted. Oh, yeah, bring it on. I have went back and listened to all of the brunch with Brents and you make people feel comfortable when they're talking to you. And that is a special talent that you have. So I don't believe you're introverted at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just putting on a really good performance. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've explained, I think before how, uh, like my main profession is being a photographer and in photography, one of the biggest skills that I was handed as, uh, from a few of my mentors was, uh, the skill of becoming friends with someone in five minutes, because if you're doing a portrait of someone, uh, you know, I've done lots of portraits of high tech executives, for instance, and, and people at the bank of Canada and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so it's someone you've never met before, but it's really important to make them feel as much at ease as you possibly can, because otherwise you're just not going to get a good photograph. Right. And as you know, podcasting is much the same. Um, it may not be a photograph, but it's a conversation or some audio. And so I never expected it, but those skills kind of translate in a really beautiful way. So thank you for picking up on that. That's really great. Those skills do translate into podcasting more than people think, because you're a lot of times interviewing people that, you know, you've never spoken to before, never saw before. And, um, it, that conversation can start out very, uh, rough. And in order to get a good conversation, a good natural flowing conversation, you need that. Um, you need what you give people and that's to feel comfortable. Mm. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, you, you have had the same experience, you know, you were just describing, you get to know someone in, in the Biddle weekly. Uh, but then when you have them on, on one, it's kind of a whole different ball game, isn't it? Right. Like you, uh, especially as the host, there's this way that you need to guide the conversation in a way. And of course we want it to be authentic and, and really smooth, but there are those moments when it's up to you to kind of like keep, keep the air going. Right. Yes. And, and some conversations are easier than others. There are people who talk very well and enjoy talking. And there are other people who just give you sometimes just like a one line answer. And, you know, if you don't moderate it the right way, that episode will probably be like 10 minutes long. So. <laughs> you know, some people only want 10 minute episodes. <laughs> um, so that brings me to a question then, which is, you know, you've been doing Linux Spotlight, I think for about like, as we record 24 or so episodes now, um, what, what made you want to dive in and have those conversations in the first place? To be honest with you, it was the Biddle community. Um, we were discussing one day on Biddle people's history. Like uh, somebody had brought up, you know, how did you find Linux? Well, and we started talking and we went down the row individually of how this person started in Linux and we got like two or three people in and then the episode would end and then we would continue it in the next week. But 
I said, man, wouldn't it be cool if there was like one place you could go and find everybody's history in Linux? Like if you want to know this person's history or that person's history, I can go to Linux Spotlight. Or at that time, it wasn't even born yet, but I can go to this place and find it and hear about it. And that's where it all started. And I ended up doing uh, my friend uh, Zebedee Boss as the first episode. And it just took off from there of doing community members and other members of uh, the wider uh, Linux community and and then grew into all kinds of people. Yeah, I mean, what a great insight that you had uh, to create something like that because I think you totally nailed it. There's a real thirst for getting to know people in our community and that's sort of the same taste that you get when you go to some conferences, right? You get to talk to people one-on-one, um, if you're lucky. Um, and you have kind of brought that to a greater audience in a way. So kudos to you for, for taking on that initiative. Like it feels to me like it has so much potential in the sense that our community is huge and it's filled with amazing people. And, you know, the community that you have surrounding you is slightly different than the community that I might have surrounding me. And so it's been fascinating to watch, uh, you know, how all of these different people exist out there that I may have never heard of, but are fascinating people, like you were saying, right? Like your first episode is uh, a bit of a leap because it's the first time you try it. But of course, all this magic happens when two great, you know, interesting people get in a room and just have a chat. Well, I knew there were uh, awesome people in the community. I knew that from from meeting half these people on Biddle and, and everywhere else, uh, being on Destination Linux. So I met a lot of awesome people, but you don't realize until, well, okay, so I didn't realize how awesome our community is until you start doing the Linux spotlight and you see this person and wow, man, that can't get it. It can't get any better than this. And then the next person comes along and has a completely different outlook on things. And man, that was such an awesome conversation. And then it just keeps building and getting better and better. And it's a gift to me to be able to talk to so many awesome people out there. And then a gift right back to the community for you to make those conversations available to them. Right. Because you get to know these people in a really lovely way. And then at the same time, so does everyone else, which is super amazing. Well, another side effect to this is, you know, you had mentioned about, you know, a, our community and then the community that you're in. And it combines all of them to where all of the communities can come together and see a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And we all end up coming together in one place. And that's another great side effect of it. I will echo that completely. I believe you've you've heard the the chat that I did with Martin Wimpress uh, with Wimpy, and his his big ask at the end of our conversation was he was he was speaking a little bit more about distributions, but more so just around these little groups that we form in the Linux community. You know, oh, I love this distribution, so I'm part of the Arch, you know, community or whatever. And he his big ask was, let's be really kind to each other in the opposite, you know, we see it as the opposite community, but the reality is we are all Linux users and we all in the real depths of our hearts believe in the same stuff, right? So if you have a community 
somewhere and there's a community just near you that believes almost the same stuff, go in there, dive in. Like chances are they're amazing people too. And if we can increase those communities and increase the links that happen between them all, I feel like that's where the real nuggets are. And I feel like in many ways you're, you're making those links happen and that's hugely valuable. So, uh, a thank you from the community for what, what you're doing really. Well, I I think it's really important and I don't want to, um, uh, base, I don't want to say the same thing that, that Martin said, but I will say that it's a great thing to see, uh, different communities because there was always this, um, and there wasn't, there wasn't any walls, but there was always, this is the, this community and this is that community. And they're, they all run Linux, but they're all separate kind of, and they all stick to the same community. And I, I think that's the one thing that we need to break down is that we are all Linux users and we all, and not just Linux users, but we all have the same uh, type of direction that we're going in because of and surrounding Linux, but it's all let's, let's go forward with it. Yeah. Like shared goals almost, right. It's like we all want to advance whatever we love a little bit more. And the reality is we all kind of love the same thing. <laughs> So why shouldn't we, we know each other? Um, yeah, I feel like that's the real gift, right? Is you're, you're helping to expose not only the individual person that you're chatting with on a regular basis, but also the type of person like, okay, I, I might be a certain type of person in our Linux community. And surely there's other people in this entire world that are similar to me in that way. And so I think really the gift is breaking down the unknown. Maybe that that's what it was like uh, in the, in all these different communities, unless you have some relationship to the other community, then you got nothing to go on. Right. I feel like with big daddy Linux weekly that you're doing um, with all those people involved, it helps bridge those uh, differences. But then, yeah, these spotlights have been really amazing. Like, the spotlight you did with Jill was so much fun with, with Jill Bryant Reinecker. And it was like just this infectious energy. I know she's like infectious as it is, but, but even just the, the, the topics you guys dove into, I just, I, I mentioned it on the chat her and I did, but, um, it was super awesome. So I really hope you keep doing these chats for a very long time. Uh, it's been super fun to watch them all. Um, do you have a little taste of maybe where you see it going? Well, I don't have a ultimate goal for Linux Spotlight except for cataloging and highlighting the Linux users in the community because there are some people that um, will never get that chance unless something like that happens. So, uh, you know, nobody would maybe hear about this person unless you make a video on them or you make a podcast on them. And Brent, I have seen so many people that don't say a whole lot, but then when you talk to them individually, they are such awesome people. And, and the thing is sometimes they don't think they are like, they don't think they have a lot of anything to give to the community and they do. Everybody has something to give to the community. Everybody has something to offer. They just may not realize it. And Linux Spotlight highlights 
that fact that those people, regardless of who they are, if they're a developer for a major operating system or they're just a regular everyday user, everybody has something to give. It feels like to me, you bring a really big part of your heart to those conversations because it feels like there's a whole lot of empathy there of saying that you can learn something from every single person, right? If you only give them the chance. If you give them that opportunity to talk and you give it in a setting that is comfortable, they will shine and they will show you what they have to offer. And all I got to do is hit record. You have it easy. (laughs) Um, Is there a conversation that sort of sticks out for you in, in that theme? Now, I ask a lot of different questions on Linux Spotlight, but I'm most interested in how people found Linux. Hmm. When did you hear about it? What, you know, how did you hear about this Linux operating system? And there are so many different answers. Nobody has the same story. It may be similar, but everybody has that little thing about their story that you just don't get in somebody else's story. And I won't say that any one conversation um, has stuck out, but I will say that there are some regular stories like, Hey, I was working here and some guy mentioned it. Um, but when you hear people like Jill talk about how she got into Linux and, and she got into just developing at an early age, um, her, her history was so rich. It was absolutely fabulous. I mean, that conversation you just sit there and, you know, I'm just sitting there smiling through the whole conversation because, you know, not only is she a awesome person to talk to, uh, because she just has this way about her and her laugh and, but the actual meat of the conversation, it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, it, it echoed for me exactly what you just said earlier, which is you get to know so much more about a person in that context, right? Like I think you and I knew Jill before we had our conversations with her. But there was so much I learned about her during your chat with her that I was like, I just know this person as someone who's really great, who seems to know stuff about Linux and maybe does a bit of animation. But then once I listened to your conversation, I was like, oh, wait, she has so much depth. Yes. And you're suggesting, and I totally support it, that everyone has that same depth, right? You just have to give it an opportunity to shine. You have to give them that opportunity. But I would like to go back to something you said about your your conversation and and my conversation with her. I think that the two conversations are different and yet the same. And you can learn about Jill things that you didn't know in Linux Spotlight. And you can also learn about Jill things you didn't know about her in your chat with her on your show. And there's no way I would miss either one of them. So I agree completely. And... I um, connected with Jill, I think a few weeks before your conversation. And for various reasons, we just didn't, didn't get a chance to record. And so when I saw your conversation come out, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, I'm going to totally listen to it. And I was floored by just how much of a fun discussion it was. And then I thought, I don't want to step on your toes for what you did, because you guys had such a great conversation that was like totally great quality. So I thought... There's no way I want to like redo that. That doesn't make any sense. And in the spirit of being community, I thought I'm going to take the great conversation you guys did and just supplement it. And then it could be like two communities coming together, exactly like you were saying, right? And so it was so important 
to me to mention that discussion of yours right on the outset so that people had context for uh, where we are going next. And so I really hope that everyone who listened um, to the conversation, the brunch that I did with her, took in your discussion too, because there was so much brilliance in there. And, uh, and, and it also, I will say, Rocco, it feels really nice that you and I can complement each other. Like I think in some contexts, it could easily be seen as like, oh, two people trying to accomplish this, uh, the same thing, but in a rivalry setting. And I don't think that's the right approach at all. I think that that's exactly what we need to break down mm. in the Linux community is this whole rivalry, whether, whether it be about uh, my desktop environment against your desktop environment or your community against my community, we are all one community. And I, I am so happy listening to your episodes on your show i never think about hey you're doing this person and i should be doing this person or you're doing this person and well now i can't that's ridiculous that is absolutely ridiculous it's totally ridiculous i'm sure in the future we're going to do the same thing we're going to do similar people uh that's just because we're in the same communities well and what's been really interesting is is um that some of the people i've chatted with i didn't i either didn't realize that they've already chatted with you or that they have since come and had a chat with you and you learn all sorts of new things, right? Like I, I think uh, you recently uh, released an episode with, with cheese bacon um, and you did a chat with L and those are all uh, some Jupiter broadcasting uh, crew members. And um, I've seen so much of your community say like, Oh yeah, these are great people. And so both of our communities are growing together and it's such an awesome gift and it's, it's really cool from my position and from the seat you're sitting in to watch that happen in real time. You know, I've, I've got this giant smile on my face because I've I just thinking of like, okay, in six months, where is that energy that you and I are putting into these discussions going to take us and going to take our community? It feels like in many ways, so cool to have, you know, a partner in a way that's trying to accomplish the same thing. So, so uh, kudos to you for bringing that same energy uh, to all of this. It feels like a real treat to have like someone who's trying to accomplish the same thing. So, so, so thanks for that. I think that uh, this is, like I said before, just as much as the gift to me than it is, that it is to the community itself. Uh, I enjoy these conversations so much and that's why I do it because I, I do enjoy talking to these people. And uh, again, um, some of these people you you don't even realize how much they had to offer until you get to talk to them. I thought it might be kind of fun to ask you a few questions, uh, a Linux spotlight um, way, um, because sometimes, you know, as, as hosts of some of these conversations, uh, you may pick up a few little nuggets here and there. So I will bounce one of your questions right back to you. How did you, uh, how did you first get into Linux and uh, what, what grabbed you about it? There have been people that have asked uh, when my spotlight is going to be, and I keep telling them that er after everybody else is done, that will be when I get mine. You know what? I have had the exact same question <laughs> repeatedly, and um, and I have a I have a twin brother, and so I often my um, quick response is, well, I'll just interview my twin brother, and that'll kind of be the the quasi discussion, right? But um, there's this humbling quality that I pick up in you is like, no, 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 I'm not the important one. Let's concentrate on the other person. But I wonder if some people might be interested in that kind of stuff as well to get to know you a little bit better. 
Well, I mean, they may be interested, but there's many other more interesting people out there than I am. So, uh, but where did I start Linux? Um, years ago, I had had many computers, Windows. I was into tweaking it. Um, I had become an expert at reformatting Windows because of how many times I had messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I read all kinds of uh tech magazines and uh, websites and whatnot. So I ended up trying Ubuntu the first time and somehow, I don't know exactly how I did it, but I uh, ended up messing up my Windows partition. That's easy to do. <laughs> that, super easy to do, especially back then. Yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> so I reformed, I put Windows back on and I just put Linux to the side. And then um, later you know, a few years could buy. And then there was uh, the Wobi installer. So that would put Win uh, Linux aside of your Windows partition, which was perfect for me. And I tried it and I booted into the desktop and it was great, except I had no idea how to get to my files. <laughs> so I would open the file manager, but it wouldn't recognize the drive that I had my files on. Right. And I was completely unfamiliar with Linux. So as much as it was exciting, uh, I just decided, you know what, it's great, but if I can't get to my files and I can't do anything, then it's kind of not for me. A few years go down and then I end up trying it again. And that time it worked. And I don't remember uh, what distribution I started with, to be honest with you. Um, but I ended up on KDE and KDE 3.5 days were awesome. It was like a tweaker's dream to have that. <laughs> I mean, you could tweak every single setting possible. Wow. And I loved it. The reason that I created my YouTube channel was because at that time, there was no videos on KDE. I mean, there were no tutorials on the settings. It was like you were in this huge land of settings and you had no idea what half of them did. And I said to myself, you know, I could create a video to, to tell people about the settings, but I don't really know all of the settings. I felt like you, you needed to know every setting in order to start. So it was actually my dad who said to me, well, you just tell them what you know. <laughs> Wise words. Okay. And, and that's, <laughs> I just started making videos on customizing KDE. And if you look at my YouTube channel in the very beginning, it was nothing but uh, KDE customization tutorials and, and settings and stuff. So yeah, that's basically my Linux history in a nutshell. Yeah. It sounds like you were with the videos scratching your own itch in many ways, right? It's, and sometimes they say that's, that's the best indication of something that you should do is when, when you really desire it, but it doesn't exist. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'll make it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and look where that's led you now. Right. Yep. So I had the channel and I, um, was doing, you know, different videos. I started to do, do distro reviews. It became a, a, a headache at some point. In what way? In a way of you, you felt like, or I felt like I needed to keep up with every distribution that came out. Like, so every, every distribution that came out, I needed to do a video on it. And it was like, that was uh, too much basically. So I kind of, uh, I don't know, took a break from doing videos as far as distribution videos were concerned. And then, um, I met a guy named Rob Collins who had a Linux YouTube channel and he asked me to come on his 
show to talk about stuff, talk about Linux. And I was like, sure. He had a lot, he just made a live stream and we just started talking, we hit it off. And then that's when, uh, the destination Linux podcast was born. And how did he find you? Well, I was watching his videos and he had a way about him that was, he wouldn't, you know, dive deep into, uh, tutorials. He wouldn't, uh, dive deep into deep technology, but he would give you overviews in a way that was very friendly and very casual. And that I enjoyed. And I just started watching his videos and was on his, his, he had a live stream the one time I was in chat and was saying hi to him and talking to him and slowly, but surely he said, Hey, you want to come on? Sure. It's funny how, um, that progression is so important, right? Like I always say the best thing you can do as a community member, if you enjoy a show like that or something is just show up in some way where you can start making connections. Right. And sometimes that's just being in an IRC or a chat on YouTube or something like that. And that's where it starts. And you start to get like tastes of that community. And then you start maybe providing your own perspective and then it grows and grows from there. Right. And then, Oh, all of a sudden maybe you get invited to share your perspective with audio or something like that. And then it grows and grows. And I mean, that's how it happened for me. That's how it happened for you. Um, and I hear that story so often is somebody shows up for a few weeks in a row and all of a sudden they get to become friends with people they never expected. And that leads to all sorts of opportunities that you could never even imagine. Well, there are many stories just like what you're talking about. And then there are the stories of, uh, Eric Adams, who has his own YouTube channel, helped me out with the middle community, making a website, um, a proper website and a discourse forums. And from this discourse forums, you see people join and they say, yeah, I've been watching Biddle for a year and a half. I just figured I'd say hi. Never heard of that person. Never saw their name come up. And that is awesome to me. That's the people I want to talk to. That's the people, you know, the people that are just watching in the background, not even involved in the YouTube chat, but they're there and they have a story to tell too. I love hearing and seeing those posts come in when they're like, yeah, I, I'm, this is my first time I've been watching for a long time. I've been trolling or, you know, in the background. Well, cause we can empathize because that was us at one point. Right. Yep. It's like, okay, well, how do you take that initial hello and make it blossom in some way? That's exactly how, uh, Biddle started. I just decided one day I was just going to do a live stream and I was going to check out a distribution. And I called it Friday Night Live. <laughs> I just pulled up a distribution. I don't even remember which one it was. And there were these people that showed up. And eventually I said, hey, you know, do you want to come on and talk? And two or three people joined that night. And from there, it just started, well, why don't we do it again next week? And from there, there were many iterations of, I switched times, trying to find the perfect time, which there is no perfect time for everybody. <laughs> it's so true, right? Especially when you start to reach globally. I hate time zones, dude. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Blame the sun. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, it went from Friday Night Live and then it, it turned into what it is today, which is Big Daddy Linux Live, which we don't really, that's too long of a name to call it. So we just call it Biddle. <laughs> right. <laughs> And it's, of course, going to continue evolving, right? That's just kind of the nature of it. We will 
change things from time to time. Like uh, we didn't always have a district challenge. Okay. Uh, it was just, we would get on for two hours and talk, but it just was a kind of a natural progression to change with that, to say, you know, well, well, you know, we were all talking about trying the, the new say Ubuntu that came out. Well, why don't we all try it and talk about it? And that's how that ended up coming about. And, um, there are times where we'll do a two week challenge. Uh, but we've been doing one week challenges lately because when you try the Ubuntu's and we want to try them, but when they release every six months and you got six or eight to try, you can't do a two week <laughs> challenge or you'd be doing nothing but them. <laughs> right. So, uh, so for that, like right now we're at a one week challenge for each Ubuntu flavor. And then we'll, after that's done, we'll continue on with community suggestions for distros and everything. Well, and what's so cool about that is that you're getting perspectives from a whole bunch of different types of users, just from the nature of that, the, uh, of the people that show up. Right. And I don't know if you can get that anywhere else. I think one thing about it is that I, what I don't want people to think is that you have to try the distro challenge in order to join uh, a lot. I get that a lot where, well, I didn't try the distro challenge or I'm not joining this week or I'm, I, you know, if it's somebody new, well, I didn't try it. That's not a necessity. If you want to, you can. And if you don't, that's great. If anybody's listening and they want to join, they don't have to do the district challenge. That's an important nugget, right? It's like, even if you join and say nothing, you're still there. And that presence is felt. And we have people that join. Uh, there's a guy on there, Paul. And he comes in and he rarely says anything. He loves being there. And he'll throw in one thing here or one thing there at the very end. But he continually comes every week, and I love it. Yeah, you know, that reminds me a lot of, of Linux Unplugged that we do with Jupyter Broadcasting, which is audio only. Um, but it's very similar. Like, we do a mumble room, and, and anybody can join. And lots of people just show up, and you don't necessarily hear from them unless you're, you know, before the show or after the show. And yet, it's still so nice to see those familiar well, I was going to say familiar faces, but to see those familiar uh, usernames or whatever it might be, um, just being there, right? It feels like we're all in the same room, which is such a nice thing. Yep. Everybody, again, everybody has something to give and just being there is giving something. Yeah. It's giving like a vote of confidence that what's happening here is important, right? Yep. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about... Um, you were you were explaining how maybe it'd be kind of fun to have me on Linux Spotlight as well, right? Yes. You know, I think in the same way as you just described when I asked you about your beginnings with Linux, I'm like fidgeting in my chair because it makes me uncomfortable in a strange kind of way to have that <laughs> <laughs> to have that well, the spotlight turned turned the other direction, right? And so it's such an interesting thing to me is that we can be on the microphone regularly and yet all of a sudden when it's turned in a different light it it, it changes things <laughs> changes things completely for me because a lot of times i won't even know what to say sometimes you know it's like you you get asked questions and it's like maybe you forget or you know and maybe that's with my age i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> well i think there's a certain like performance that's happening right and so there's all the regular stuff like performance anxieties i mean if anybody's ever stood on a stage and and tried to give a talk it's it's not dissimilar uh it may happen through the internet uh, most of the time but there's there's all this uh, emotional stuff that comes with it 
which you can't ignore and your body reacts in ways, right? Like reacts in ways you don't want it to. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That you sometimes can't predict. (laughs) Um, Tell me about like some of the favorite questions that you get to ask people that, that you're getting to know. Well, uh, like I said before, I really enjoy hearing about the history, but there's one particular question um, that I, I get to ask and it's, one of those questions where you think, oh, here we go. But it's so interesting to see the different answers and how people think about it differently. So one of the questions that I get to ask is, um, what do you think of when I ask you about the year of the Linux desktop? Mm. And that brings on so many different opinions about what it is. Some people think it's like a, a serious question of, how we get to a point where Linux is king on the desktop. Some people approach it like uh, the year of the Linux desktop. My favorite answer was from Cubicle Nate. And he said, the year of the Linux desktop is the year that you found Linux. Oh, that is lovely. It it was absolutely awesome. And, and I loved it because, you know, like I said, there are people who will, and there's nothing wrong with approaching it from a normal standpoint of a thought, but it he was thinking so out of the box. And I, and that is exactly my answer. The year the Linux desktop is the year that you found Linux and you were introduced to it and you had that feeling in you that you were so excited to try this distribution out or try this operating system out that you were just like dancing. I remember doing that. And it seems like everybody else has that same experience at one point in time, they were super excited to try it out. Yeah. That was the best answer ever. I love the insight into that because, um, it's so true. That's the thing that connects all of us is when it came into our lives and it grabbed us and never let go. And for you, that took a few goes at it. And that story is not dissimilar to mine. It's like investigating it and it's, oh, it's not quite the right time. And then checking it out a few years later and, and, and diving in maybe a little deeper, right? Um, but then eventually it just grabs hold and it doesn't let go. When I was messing around with KDE in the very beginning, that is exactly the feeling I had. You had this sense of freedom that you never had with Windows. And you could just change anything. Wow. And there were programs on Windows that you could buy to change things. Like Windows Blinds was a program years ago that you could buy to change Windows around. And I never bought it. Um, but, but when you're trying Linux and you're in, in this setting, land of settings of KDE and you, ha- and you can just change everything, it is such an amazing feeling to be alive. That's all I can say. Yeah. You mentioned the word freedom and you know, that has of course a bunch of connotations, but to have that feeling of freedom when you're using, you know, what some people could see as just a tool to get work done. But there's this amazing thing that happens when you start admiring the tool and what it gives you in return, right? It's kind of like this symbiotic relationship that happens. You know, I, I imagine everyone listening has had that experience of being so jazzed about the tool that's in your hands uh, that you just kind of get giddy. (laughs) Yep. Well, I just recently tried uh, Kubuntu for the distro challenge 
And I, I boot into this and it was like all of these memories flash back in your head of trying KDE. <laughs> and I was honestly like a kid in the candy store, just, oh my gosh, I can do this again. Oh my gosh, I can do this again. I can switch this around. <laughs> certain other operating systems, you can switch, or certain other districts, you can switch things around, but you can't as easily, or maybe you can't do it to the extent you can do it with KDE. And again, I, I was just that, that kid in the candy store checking everything out and you know, I don't know if you have hopped around on distros, but I hopped. Certainly have done some hopping. <laughs> <laughs> I have hopped uh, for, well, since I started Linux. And recently, I've got to the point where I want a main stable machine in which I run Pop! OS, and that's my main stable machine, and that hasn't changed and, and probably won't change. But in trying these distros, you get that, I don't know, that feeling inside of trying, that excitement of trying a new distro out. It's, it's it's almost like Christmas every time you decide to do that, right? Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing thing that we get to do that on the backs of everybody in the development community that has put their hard work and effort in it. Um, they don't get near enough credit for all of the, the time. And, you know, time is like the most valuable thing we have. And... They give it freely to everybody to try. And that's why I tell people when we try distribution, I want you to be honest with your take on the distribution. If it's not for you, you say it's not for you. If these things went wrong, you say they went. I want it to be honest. But I also don't want to go in and trash a distro because you didn't like this particular aspect of it. It has to be constructive criticism because there is so much effort put into this so much work behind the scenes that people they realize it but they don't realize it they would only realize it if they had if they were to put that amount of time and effort into it and i am just grateful to all of the developers that give us this opportunity to just to do it and i get that excitement out of it and it's and it's awesome yeah it's such a huge gift to all of us right and i feel like you even saying those words of like, thank you, is even just a small way of giving back in a way. It's like, yes, we so appreciate the work that you're doing. Please continue to do it and we'll support you in any way we can. Um, that's super huge. And I, I have felt one thing I've kind of come to learn is that distributions and software and all of that is you can almost see it as they have personalities. And a piece of software or a distribution or something like that may not fit for you. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's not really valuable because it may really fit for someone else, right? Uh, and bringing that perspective to the conversation feels like a really inclusive way to do it and less sort of black and white, this one's good, this one isn't, right? That's what we need to continue doing is like, oh, these features in this distribution over here, like you were mentioning KDE, is really customizable and that's for me and maybe this other one over here is a little bit more simplistic but that's going to be for somebody else right i have seen so many and I'm, I'm, I'm not just me i'm sure you have too but over the years so many people behind the scenes developers and whatnot have walked away from being burnt out from taking heat from the community for not doing it the way they wanted it done and i think it's just a total shame that it has to be that way 
that we need to be behind the developers that are here because like, again, their time is valuable. It's just as valuable as your time. And it's just as value as my time. Arguably, perhaps more valuable. (laughs) (laughs) Arguably more valuable. Because of the number of users who benefit, you know? I would like to say, and I don't know, know how to say that, but I would like to say thank you to each and every developer out there. Yeah, I, you know, I guess in some ways you are because you're also giving to the community in some way. And so you're not maybe giving directly to them. But if we can all give a little piece of us to make the this entire environment a little bit better, then maybe we all win. Everybody has something to give. Everybody. Yeah, uh, you, you've said that repeatedly in this conversation. I think it's worth repeating, right? It's like, Every single person has something. So if you're someone who doesn't believe that you do, um, come chat with us. We'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Is there like maybe an ask of the community that you would like to put out there? And I feel like maybe there's been nuggets of that in our discussion, but something you'd like them to try or go check out or do or participate in, something like that? I would like everybody who's listening to somehow in some way thank a developer for what they do Hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a simple thank you it doesn't matter if it's an email uh to somebody any way that you can donate and i don't mean monetarily that's fine but any way you can donate to the community is going to benefit every single one of us It takes each and every one of us to make this community. And you may be that person that is in conversation and upfront with everything on, like say on Biddle, again, we have many people. Some people talk a lot, some people talk a little, and some people don't talk much at all. Each and every one of you can give back to the community in your own way. You don't have to be, have a specific talent in something. You don't have to have a lot of money. You just find a way to give back and that can be as simple as a thank you. You know, it's amazing what a simple thank you can do for someone's energy, right? Like I would say Twitter is a fabulous way to connect with people really quickly to say like, yep, I value what you're doing. It's akin to like the, you know, get receiving a, a postcard or something from someone it's very simple. And yet it carries this weight that is amazing. Well, you get to a point, you know, where you're, you get, uh, say you're a developer and you're doing all of this uh, for the community and you hear all of this feedback. And at some point, it has to be frustrating when you put your heart and soul into everything that you do. And yet sometimes it seems like it's not good enough let's just take a distro. There are so many people that try out a distro and most of the time, the ones you hear are the negative ones, the ones that like it. And the ones that that just works for, they don't really say anything. You may not even hear from them at all. And that's what I'm asking people to do is if you like something, say it, say that you like it to whoever it needs to go to. Yeah. That feels super powerful. Uh, it, it almost feels like we should do that every single time something like a distribution comes out with a new version, right? Because as you know, the amount of people's creativity that goes into a single release of anything is almost unfathomable, 
unless you're behind the scenes and see how much work that goes into it, you really don't realize how much work and testing and time and retesting and time goes into every single release that comes out. And that's whether it's a distro or a program, or it may be down to a simple script. There's a lot of time involved in this stuff and we benefit from it. So we should be able to say thank you. Well, Rocco, I'm going to say thank you to you for all of the efforts you're putting into everything that you do. I feel like the community really values it. And, uh, I hope that energy stays high for you. I appreciate that, man. We're right there behind you, right? Keep it going. Yeah, and you're doing the same thing. So there you go. Well, thank you. And that's, I think that's the beauty of it is that it's reciprocal and everybody wins, right? If you boost someone up, you're not taking the energy away from someone else. You're just raising them and they might raise you in turn and everybody gets raised up. So I think we can, we can keep doing that. We can be a better community when we continually do that. Well, Rocco, thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Brent. Of course, anytime.